Greetings, everyone. You're obviously confused in the rattle. Somebody kills somebody, blah, blah, blah. And you're listening to Slurmcast, a podcast for no reason. Today we'll be discussing season 10, episode 4, 40% Lead Belly. My name is Michelle Burlingame. Not with me are Tommy Roulette. That is a really, really catchy uh, song. Uh, <laughs> Pete Woodward. <laughs> I'm full of jackfruits. And our guest today, Tim Cornette. Hello. I have never tried jackfruit, although I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. Sorry. Right. It keeps on popping up. You know, uh, I am not a vegetarian, but I'm I'm on Weight Watchers, and it's a nice way to save points for drinking. It's actually speaking, very good. Speaking of, I am a genius, and I have created the most delicious drink of all time, and it is the uh, grapefruit Lacroix or a uh, pomplamousse. Pomplamousse. Uh, mixed with crystal light pink lemonade mix, mm. and I'm sure you could put vodka in there, and it would you still have- be great. <laughs> you you absolutely could. That's uh, that's almost what my backup is when I run out of the white claws here. But since I've got the the pineapple white claws, I'm both maxing and relaxing right now, mm. and and full of jackfruit. And I I cannot recommend it highly enough, Tim. It's if you like the barbecue, and I would imagine as a vegetarian, it's just not as satisfying not having it. But it's put some sauce on there, broil it up, gets crispy like pork fantastic okay yeah okay i uh i'll experiment with that we uh i spent the entire day building a fire pit there you go the first half of a fire pit what is just the hole or the the uh there's a hole i'm I'm trying to be fancy with it because i'm trying to build it in the middle of the patio there's a uh there's an exhaust tube for airflow fancy so I'm I'm trying. I mean, it's really just a big bong, isn't it? <laughs> it kinda. Yes. <laughs> huh. And just you know, you just you just need to get a screen, and then like a five-gallon bucket full of water. Yeah. It, it'll and be like. like uh, you know. Yeah, you I got, think like with one clever hose, I could make I could turn all my <laughs> entire backyard into a piece. Exactly. I, like <laughs> it'll it'll be it'll be like my shop vac. You put the hose in one side and it sucks dirt up, and you put the hose in the other side and it blows air out. You know, you just oh my god! And then I time travel back to high school <laughs> and then tell teenage Tim it all works out fine. <laughs> <laughs> Spend a lot of time with dogs. There's. There's uh, a nominally larger amount of incredible violence and hatred in the world, but you'd expect that as time passes. Other than that, it's fine. Yeah, um, this from Matina. This is the world that my hillbilly parents always predicted. I mean, you know, they say what I didn't realize is that the entire world was hillbilly parents. <laughs> I mean, there's there's wisdom in them. There are hills. Ugh. Unfortunately, um, I, I I mean, I just want to start this off by saying I did not like this episode. Yeah. Why is that? I It just, I don't know, just brought in a lot of uh, discontinuity. 
It was kind of a boring story. It seemed sort of tired. It did have a Jumbotron with a, a dancing cat, which seemed all right. I don't know if it's one that we've seen before, but that, you know that's always a bad sign at this point. If they're padding the intro, then they're like, we're 30 seconds short on jokes. It's not even, it's like half a second. <laughs> it's really not even that long of a intro I, for the... It's, it, you know, they cut it out for a reason though. Yeah. If they if they're if they're tight for space, that jumbotron's not going to be there, and this episode had it. Yeah, um, I actually have a comment on that at, for the very end of the episode. <laughs> okay. Um, but then you know they started off with this this going to a Leavenworth prison, and all I could think of is it looked like a giant kidney stone, which. I've been fortunate not to have to deal with, but when I've seen them sort of like in medical oddity books and things or been told about them by friends, I'm like, that seems like a horrible place to be. Well, the the name of the prison, Leavenworth Variable Security Prison, is like a really lame reference to the Leavenworth prison. Right. Maxim, it's, it's Leavenworth Maximum Security, so this is Leavenworth Variable Security, and it's Ugh. just like a dumb, like, it's not even a math joke, it's just like, this sounds like math. It's a pun. <laughs> yeah, these, these later episodes, they're, they're all very pleased with themselves, like, they've mm -hmm. all been congratulated just a little too much. Yeah. We, tri we tricked a bunch of money, aren't we, boys? But um, I, it was Dr. Brutaloff, I, I mean, I don't remember him from a previous episode. He seemed to be an established character that no, they were delivering him in his no. carbonite chamber. Not so he's all. just a one-off for this thing. But yep, they got hired to move him. They had their um, uniforms on. Yes. Like they did in 31, 31st Century Fox. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Leela also had the wind. It looked like the wind was constantly blowing. Yeah. But Fry's <laughs> hands weren't sewed to his pants. <laughs> they probably had to fix that. It was probably hard for him to deliver packages with his hands sewn to his pants. Well, I, I mean, can this. I, can I ask a question? Just yeah. can I interject with a uh, with a tangent? Mm -hmm. Always. Can people can people bring up Futurama around you guys, or do you do you have to like? Oh, I know everything about Futurama. Or do you have to let the conversation go by because you know too much? I've forgotten oh. more than I've ever known. Honestly. Yeah, I don't bring it up unless someone else brings it up first. To be it, honest, it, this podcast has kind of made this show like hit a notch down of like, yeah, it's not as fun watching it when you have to like do something. It's more fun when you're just watching it to watch it. So, or, or it's not in the background or whatever. Yeah. It became most, most more tired, about this, tired of it. What's amazing about this is that we are in season 10. Like every other kind of podcast to like, like this, nobody made it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's honestly, that's the only reason we're still going, Tim. We're like, we're so uh, close. We're going to do so it. Close. We're going to nail in that, that last. Gonna hammer in the nail. <laughs> more often than not, the, the the way that it gets brought up to me is a friend will say, "Oh, my thirteen year old son loves that show. He found out you had a podcast and got real excited." I'm like, "That's great. He shouldn't be listening to it." Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, like it's not, but it has the explicit tag. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, at this point, I'm so, my bandwidth in my brain is just so fucking full on all the time. And then I, I use alcohol to deaden that and just get back to like a flat line of normalcy. So stuff like this, it's like, I take my notes. I watched this a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the notes, hoping I remember what happened, you know? <laughs> and that, that's why I'm like this Dr. Brutaloff guy, is he a guy? I've only seen 117 episodes of this show. Uh, what, what, what's he? But I, I mean, that thing where they, they were mixing like the Star Wars Carbonite and all this other shit. Um, you know, they're, they're borrowing liberally from other things, but the thing that there's kind of two parts to it when they're in that main holding area of the prison, one, the convicts are hooting at Lita at Lita, Lila and Fry's not upset about it. And they've established over the last few episodes that they're back Mm -hmm. to being hot and heavy again. That seems like something Fry would get jealous of. Well, he wasn't there. He moved away. Oh, he went to go uh, take, uh, the, uh, Dr. Brudeloff. Well, Got she it. she sends them off. Mm-hmm. She says, Fry Bender, you go take Dr. Brudeloff, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to stay here and get hooted at. Like she, right. you know, I, I think it's more he knows that she just wants the attention than that he should be jealous. Well, and then the other thing that seemed like a missed opportunity that they would take advantage of almost any other time was they had all the prisoners kind of up in the big display. Like they didn't focus in on anybody and have like, here's these people, like when they do the head museum stuff and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's this, like, it was just like, here's some anonymous prisoners. And that seems like something that in past seasons, they would have like honed in on a little bot bit and made it, you know, put jokes in there. And instead they just glossed it over for this dumb thing about, you know, Fry getting attacked by the D, by the thought out Dr. Brudeloff and then, the, then moving on immediately to Silicon Red. Mm, yeah. Which... What, what was that supposed to be a reference to besides red in Shawshank? I mean, I don't know. I don't know uh, yeah, I think it's illusions. just a vague, like a vague bluesy name. Yeah. All right. Like Stevie Ray Vaughan or something. Just throw, throw a Wayne in the middle or a, something like that and then you're fine. Well, I think it's supposed to be like the Borax kid was like it's he's like an element in a, and like a, a color. material and a thing you know i don't know silicone red kind of sounds like a uh like a drug in another science fiction show like mm-hmm. yeah like the one that's taken over everything that's what's in the pills that neo takes and all of the men's rights activists <laughs> yeah they've they're all on silicone red it's, I mean, it's slowly reduced, released through their fedora. <laughs> well, well and also his guitar is named Salmonella, which like, I don't really know that there, there's no reason that the guitar's named Salmonella. I don't get that. <laughs> I think it's just a vaguely feminine sounding name or a yeah. vague, vaguely, vaguely feminine sounding word. But then... Um, I, I was listening to a lot of soul coughing this week and there's some song where I think he just drops in the word salmonella that has no context to anything. It just sounds okay. And like, I, I mean, there's I get that. There's gotta be a reason. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just like, that's such a random word. Like you can't, 
Like, come on. There's got to be a reason. I mean, if it is, is it on the infosphere? Because it's not anything that, like... Yeah, I'm looking to. I it just says that Silicon Red is possibly from the rock alien planet that they land on in the Newtopia episode where they all switch genders. That's where Borax Kid was from. Oh right. So I think I'm right. I think it's just he's a rock man made out of silicon and he's yeah. red. All right, fair huh. enough. Okay. Um, I I like that Bender decides he's just gonna make a copy of the guitar though, which is. I mean that's that's mm-hmm. a that's a big 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 money business right now. You make that exact copy down to like all the nicks and scratches of the famous guitar, and then you can sell that shit brand new for like tens of thousands of dollars. Like here's here's the uh, uh, what's like they they make a bunch of Eddie Van Halen guitars that have been like artfully destroyed to look like his shit. Oh yeah, right. yeah. But if you buy the brand new one that looks like it's off the, the showroom floor, same paint job and parts and everything. That'll set you back about three grand. But to have some asshole take a soldering iron and a fucking hammer and a, a paint scraper to it, that jacks the price up significantly because they're sitting there with sandpaper trying to make it look beat up. It's just, it drives me nuts. Like, play the thing and yep. make your marks on it. Yeah, My know? problem I agree. with him 3D printing the guitar is, is that it was clearly like an acoustic guitar, so therefore it was wood. You're not, he's not 3D printing wood. He's 3D printing plastic. This is a thousand years in the future, Tom. They might be. <laughs> I, don't, more to, I just more... don't think that any plastic could replace the way a like sound goes through wood or uh, vibrates. Tell, tell that to wood. tell that to every '80s rocker who played a power ballad on an Ovation guitar with those mm-hmm. nice, nice round back plastic things. I'm just saying it wouldn't be an exact clone. I mean, it, look, Dr. Beeler had a formula for taking a beautiful object and reducing it. But yeah, what was what was that supposed to be a reference to? Anything it's or Ken just Beeler, <laughs> one of the writers. He wrote this oh. episode and the finale. He's been in it before. Yeah. Really? I mean, he I, Ben Beeler's been in it before. He's just oh, okay. that scientist that's in it a lot. That's just his idea. I just love that he's like, I've got a, a, a formula for taking a beautiful object and reducing it down to a formula for easy mass production. I call it science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, that's at the base of it. That's how you monetize it. Um, Have any, has anybody ever used a 3D printer? No. Not personally, but I have friends who do. My daughter has a 3D printing pen. So you can like... You basically get a silicon mat, and you can just draw the. It's a. It's like a. You know, it's the size of a pen, and it's got a heating element in it. And the thread, the filament, f- feeds in through the back and melts as you draw it. So you you draw it, and then it adheres to itself and hardens. So you can build stuff up. I mean, it's it's hugely time consuming. There's a lot of people if you go on YouTube that have done some really amazing things with that. Personally, I like to drive myself crazy other ways because it's it's really like Can you stop and then start again later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's the whole point when the plastic is hot, it should adhere to the other plastic. It's all, it's almost like like if you had a soldering iron that fed the solder through the tip of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cool, know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Cool. So 
That's what it does. I mean, it, it is really neat in theory. The coolest thing she made with it was a spoon that I don't want her to eat off of because it, <laughs> who knows who knows what the fuck is in that plastic. But she actually like, chili test it. Yeah. <laughs> but but she made a fucking spoon and she like she did reinforcements on the little dip in the neck and stuff. We're like, all right. I wish you were this excited about the rest of science or math or anything other than Roblox and TikTok, but here we are. And I think she's totally forgotten about it because she hasn't used it in months. So good for her. <laughs> um, what are Roblox? I know what TikTok is. Uh, so Roblox is basically a different version of Minecraft. It's, it's okay. similar. It's a little more colorful. It's a little more playful. It's not as like... You know, everybody in it still looks like a Lego person, but you basically run around and build houses or decorate houses or some shit. And she always asks me for money to buy the currency that exists in that world. And then I have to say no. And then it becomes an <laughs> ongoing argument. And I try to explain to her, I don't want you spending money on this shit because it's literally worthless. Like there is, you are not getting anything in return. And then more to the point, some dickhead actually ripped her off because you're allowed to, you collect animals you create your own little menagerie or something. So she acquired oh. some super rare thing, right? Like some kind of neon parrot, whatever that like, you know, they don't pop up all the time, but she managed to snag one. And you can do these trades with people and someone she didn't know offered to trade for it, took it and then broke off the trade deal and disappeared. And she, she comes down, like I'm outside cooking dinner or something on the grill and she comes out like, tears streaming down her face and just like i'm sorry this is a hard lesson to learn don't do fucking business with people you don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> don't, don't especially on the internet you know and just be happy that this is literally something that is worth nothing they didn't take money they didn't hurt you they didn't do any of this stuff but boy explaining that to a 10 year old that's distraught over losing a neon parrot it only goes so far <laughs> oh man oh. fucking oh. So many assholes on the internet. <laughs> true, true. Um, I just, like, the whole Wi-Fi connection to Bender seemed kind of dumb to the 3D printer. Oh, how he has 100 terabytes of, uh, of porn and uh -huh. one terabyte memory. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was 100,000 terabytes of Oh, porn, maybe it was. Which still, yeah. at, at this point, almost seems like you know, charmingly small given the storage capacities we already have today. But then when it goes on to Dr. Beeler's computer, it's like Windows 95. It's he another also has a you crank know. bender to send the Wi-Fi signal. Right, right. I did like the little Wi-Fi spikes coming off of his head, like the waves or the, mm. you know, the stink lines off of his antenna. But um yeah, just the 16-bit animation stuff on the computer that Dr. Beeler was using. It's like, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it all goes to my feeling that this episode was really kind of lazy. And, you know, if I'm having to do work to watch the lazy episode and take notes on it, I expect at least a little something in return. Yeah, I, I agree that it's lazy. Like, the whole thing is like, oh, remember that Bender Folk thing? Yeah, right, let's... <laughs> We can squeeze another one out of that. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's it, like it could have really been better, uh, but I feel like 
they could have had like a guest as the folk singer. Right. And that would have made right. it better. Like, well, it, like, you know, like they did with the old one when they brought on Beck. Right. Exactly. And, and the, the last one or the one that's 31st Century Fox had uh, Patrick Stewart as one right. of the voices. They didn't do as many guest stars on this show as they did back before it was canceled. I think they were just working off that sweet, sweet cable Comedy Central money. Or what it might have been is that Comedy Central didn't have the same clout that like Fox did when they're like, you can come on this show because, you know, if you don't, you're not going to get on the the winner or or the Simpsons or Ally McBeal or whatever the fuck was going on at the time. I just feel like that when they recycle a plot like that, it's almost like the same shit the Simpsons does when they, uh, you know, they've done the origin story of how Homer met Marge a half dozen times, and it always changes. Like in the in the early '90s, it was them in the '70s, and then in the early 2000s, it was them in the '80s, and then in the late 2000s, it was in the '90s. And you're like, this is just—it's tired. <clears throat> you're recycling thematic material for weak jokes. The the '90s one was. I it, it was not only lame, but it hurt my feelings so much. I'm like, I can't watch this. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need to. Re- I don't need to be reminded that death is coming. Thank you, Simpsons. Oh, that's my whole. Um, I mean, that's that's the story of my life anymore. Like, de- death is coming. <laughs> you know, you just you're just waiting for this shit, and it. it I mean, what are you what are you gonna do? Um. You know, because because the culture just recycles itself and you're like, oh, I remember this the first time or what was probably the third time it happened in the 20th century. Midlife crisis, bro. Get an earring. Um, I mean, I used to have a bunch. I just took them all out. I, I did my I did my midlife crisis in my <laughs> you know 20s and 30s. So rather than like really leaning in when I was younger. I just did it so that when I was in my 40s, I would just be kind of poor and, you know, having done a bunch of the shit that I wanted to do already. So, you know, my bucket list isn't too deep because, you know, what what does there need to be? Um, yeah, I mean, we did lose Michelle, but she'll be back in a second. We ought to, we ought to start a GoFundMe to get her a new computer because it keeps dying in the middle of these. Um, <laughs> So I guess the other part of this, um, there was a line and I can't remember who said it, but uh, I'm going to turn your wildest dreams into ordinary reality. Was that Dr. Beeler? I think so, yeah. I mean, that's like- It sounds like something he would say, I didn't- It's so perfect. Like we're gonna take this wondrous thing and we'll just normalize it and make it boring. And then you'll get desensitized to it and you won't care anymore. Like, like Wi-Fi on a plane. Then it just becomes expected. You're like, ah, fuck this. It doesn't work. Um, I, what, if, you could, if you could 3D print anything, we'll, we'll qualify it by saying inanimate. So not a person, but an object that could, that could either be something from your imagination or an exact replica of 
something else and and taking the whole question of what's it's 3d printing so it has to be plastic out of the equation what what would a 100 dollar (laughs) bill i mean that's That's, uh that's setting a low bar (laughs) what what would you do tim i don't know i was I was trying to think of some object that I would really want, but a hundred dollar bill is pretty good. <laughs> the only thing I could think of is the machine that prints a hundred dollar bills. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, the, the trick to doing something like that. And I, and I guess ultimately that's what Bender was doing was he was, he was creating a cow to sell the milk by getting the guitar so he could do the folk singing. But like, it's like when you get the wishes from the genie, you you wish for perpetual wishes so that you can just keep going so it would be i'd want to find that thing where it's like oh yeah i want this thing but this thing will then continue to produce value ad nauseum until i'm done i you you rejoin us michelle you and the birds yes (laughs) so so the question that that i asked uh the the Toims, I guess, if I put your names together with the same consonants. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you could 3D print an exact, uh, anything, inanimate, so no, no people or animals or anything, but if you could, you could make an exact replica copy of something, whether from your imagination or something that already exists, what would that be? If I could 3D print any inanimate object from memory, what would it be? Do you think I could even remember something well enough to accurately? No, nah, we're, 3D we're taking. Print? We'll take that all. It doesn't have to be something you've even like seen or touched. Just you're like, oh, I want that. It's like in Star Trek. If you could just be like, Peter, make me this. Uh, yeah. I would. I would have it 3D print me a brand new computer because mine is old and keeps <laughs> disconnecting from the internet. <laughs> See, see another good answer, and then you could monetize that computer. So, now on the right track. I, I like the hundred dollar bill printing machine. It would just have to be legit, so that it's not like, you know, you don't want to get a secret replica, So therefore, it would actually be a hundred dollar bill. I mean, it would also be counterfeit if it wasn't issued by the U.S. Mint, but still good. Maybe you what could just they would, they would know. <laughs> The beauty of the machine. What about a 3D printing helmet that reads your brain and just shoots out 3D printing <laughs> replicas of what you want? I don't know if I would like that. <laughs> that could that could get really hairy. Sometimes mm-hmm. literal. Sometimes literally. Um, when it accidentally it, gets I mean, into your subconscious. <laughs> I mean, good luck. It, it, Mom, what are you doing here? It, <laughs> It doesn't even have to do that. It could get right up into my frontal cortex and still be deeply troubling. Just, oh, you know, depending on depending on what's happening and what I'm looking at on the internet. Um, I so is um, the the line that Fry dumps off, and and I think this is after they get back. You know, Fry gets slashed up by Doctor Brutaloff. I assume he was reapprehended inside the prison, but then. It must be interesting to win a knife fight. I wouldn't know. <coughs> I mean, 
I wish we'd seen more knife fights with Fry losing in them. I think that would be a compelling episode compared to this one. Just he, you know, he decides to become a knife fighter and he keeps losing. Maybe it was on one of the cards on the writer's walls and it just never happened. It just never came yeah. up. So they, they did it. Uh, yeah, this is this whole all the jokes in this are ridiculous in the way that improv groups are ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh, we're a folk singer now, and now I'm still knife fighter. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I think you know what I. I think that's a very astute observation about this. Like that really kind of nails it. Where it's like, there's no real through line. It's a lot of non sequiturs, but not funny non sequiturs. Just like, yeah, well, let's abruptly turn here. Lots of good yeah. Zoidberg dialogue. I mean, I'm, I'm always a fan. And it seems like in the last few episodes, they've really trotted Zoidberg out for some, some decent moments. Um, the, the, the one thing he had was, but Robot, you can't just make up folk songs like you can a medical diploma. They have to come from the heart. And then he pointed to his head. <laughs> and that was just like a nice, a nice trifecta of that whole thing. But like, you know, again, under, underscoring the point, and, and it's this revisionist history thing where like Bender is, he reduces all folk songs to a successful, successful formula, which modern country music has done for the most part. Um, at pop music in general, I mean, it's just, all right, we've got whatever, we, you know, whatever goes on top. Repeat that. But I, I really repeat it. Yes. The drum beats, the drum beats and the farty bass and whatever goes on top. Sure. Okay. Well, I said just, drum you beats. You cut out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Well, it it didn't like farty bass, maybe. Mm. But you know, there's and and I know you're a, a fan of the country music. I would assume leaning more towards the older or uh, you know, what yeah, no, I as, as alt country now, even though it's just like that stuff. You know, it's, even it's not, with the alt alt country stuff, like they're like me, but like those guys, uh, they they all like grew up on punk and then got into country when their grandpa died, and they got all the records, and they're like, right. "Oh, this is great." <laughs> uh, and I just never went through a punk phase, so it's like, so I just I never, you know, there's just something in there that doesn't jibe with me. I just listen to old music. Right, and and I think a lot of that is just slapped on it. I mean, you know, Pete, the Pete, the modern again, polished country. Pete, hold yeah. On. Oh, oh, you cut out again. A lot of what? A lot of the the modern pop country is really just like pop music with fiddles. You know, it's like they they throw that on with a cowboy hat, but if you change who's singing it and, and change the, the, the arrangement very minimally. It's, it's just, it's, it could be, you know, I don't even, I don't even know who pop singers are anymore is, is it, like. It's it, all kind of the same. It's all like weird top 40 Saturday night live guest stuff. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The genre really doesn't matter. And, and I just, I remember the, um, you know, there's probably sundry internet videos. I saw one, but they had like four top 10 country hits and they lined them all up in Pro Tools. And then while they were lined up, they just toggle between the songs as the wave, you know, as if they played it. And it would be like, the drum beats didn't change. 
the chord changes all fit together and were the same. The lyrics all fit together. So, I mean, it literally has been reduced down to this formula. And I think ultimately- I mean, you could also do that with almost any genre, though, because a genre is almost made up of a certain chord progression that has that sound. So, therefore, I mean, I've seen it with pop music. I've seen it with hard rock. I've seen it with all kinds of things where it's just like certain- I just don't know. Absolutely. Especially when it gets to a level where it's selling a lot, because in order to sell a lot, they just gun it down the middle towards lowest common denominator. Yeah. And also I think country, I I think the way country had evolved and the, what is considered country now is just like what is considered rock now. I mean, it's really not rock. What is considered rock. It's kind of kid rocks fault. <laughs> it's all kids rock. Everything, yeah, everything that has happened in the last however many years that he had a hit on the Billboard, it's been his fault. Josie's yeah. death, the re- the resurgence of syphilis and gonorrhea, uh, poor um, addiction. Um, I blame listen, I blame who- him for Al Gore losing. All right. Who do you think those cops in Minneapolis were listening to to psych themselves up to go to go <laughs> Mur- murder someone with impunity? Yeah, uh, yeah, to go violate some civil rights. They were listening to Kid Rock. They they were they were gonna get in the probably pit has and a try song called someone. "Violate Civil Rights." Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Getting out in the fight, violating civil rights. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna get some pussy. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a hit maker, Tim. Yeah, I, I get it. I know. <laughs> I mean, so was was I mean, I guess it, at base, then is that sort of what this episode was based on? Were they doing Bender's plotline of I've reduced all folk music down to a formula to just kind of underscore that, or was that just Bender being Bender? I mean, I think that had probably uh, something to do with the way why they wrote this episode because that was kind of the thing where he was just like I can come up with this and the song that he sang at the open mic night wasn't a bad song the ballad of of Rodriguez or Bender Rodriguez Rodriguez. 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 (laughs) but somebody killed somebody the show is also formulaic with all the like similar beats Exactly. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're making I, fun of themselves. Probably not. You never just, know. Just it Ken Keeler. I mean, he could have had that intention and just everyone was just like, oh, this is, you know, this is what we're running. Or they just throw out the stories and they're like, yep, okay, we just got 10 more to get through. Uh, I don't know. I think it's like showing up to an intervention drunk. I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, so I so he goes to an open mic to make his debut, steals the stage from Silicon Red. I mean, honestly, the only part of it I liked was when Fry was like, all this corn cob pipe smoke is irritating my stab wounds. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, okay, so he plays this song and the people don't like it because it's insincere. I mean... Have you ever been to an open mic? Or maybe that's the problem. Like most of the open mics I go to or have been to, because it's been ages, uh, even pre-COVID before I'd gone to one, it's like, boy, these people are really earnest. They're really, really earnest. And it's, 
I mean, that that makes me uncomfortable when somebody's like that heartfelt in a song because all of my shit's written with an insulation of like, yeah, ultimately I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, like who do you think you are? Don't go up here and feel in front of me. <laughs> God, stop being so honest and open. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I know I know that makes me sound bad, but yeah, stop being so honest and open. I'm trying to enjoy my pizza. <laughs> this, is, this is pizza time. You're only allowed to emotionally manipulate me in a long-term emotionally abusive relationship. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> stop, stop trying to shortchange it. Uh, stop trying to make me care in a bar. <laughs> yeah. You know what open mic what open mic scene was done expertly and hilariously was the one they just did on what we do in the shadows. Oh God, yes, that was so good. <laughs> Laszlo and Nadia take credit for writing every hit song of like the last 500 years and they show up at this thing and start playing their song. <laughs> and then and then you spoiler alert, everybody's like booing them and hates them and they're just going on and on and then they sing Kokomo, which they claim to have written. <laughs> and ev everybody just starts dancing and singing along, <laughs> and having a beautiful time. I mean, like that—that that was fantastic because they captured that, like, you know, um, the the despair of it or the the pathos of being like, God, these guys suck. That's one of the best shows on TV right now. Absolutely, mm -hmm. hands down. I haven't. Uh, I've I watched the first episode and then I just uh, I got into oh other things God. and and never came back to it. Worth it's worth so a revisit. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta I gotta go back. I'm I'm just watching YouTube videos about lawn care now. That's the only thing that I watch. <laughs> you gotta gotta get those grubs out of it. You oh my god, I do have to get the grubs out of it. Like I've turned 40 and I care about my or I'm about to turn 40 and I care about my lawn so much now. I I'm trying to kill as much as mine as I can with giant pools. Like I just, giant I just read an article like a few weeks ago about uh, the generation and having a good lawn versus like younger people where that isn't necessarily as important. Like millennials is not important to have like a good lawn and that there was like an argument to not care about your lawn and it would save water and pesticides and all kinds of things. All you have oh, to do see, is, now I'm going yeah. into it with that mind. Like a traditional like golf course lawn yeah. is like it is terrible. Like and that's kind of what I'm like I'm trying to get grass to grow now, but like there's a lot of things that can cover the ground that aren't grass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm I I'm doing it with a mind towards like like pretty much making like my backyard a dog park. So right. it's like yeah. what can dogs trample on? Yeah, uh, dirt. Yeah. <laughs> dirt. <laughs> Also, that's that's rough with with the Great Pyrenees because it just like comes into the house in inches if he does that. I mean, you should you should. Not, I mean, after you get done with the fire pit, build a koi pond that you can make him run through to wash off. <laughs> my just like a slip and slide into the yeah, door. Yeah, my, exactly. My one dog has. She will run in like circles in the backyard and has it created like a complete trail with no grass in my yard. Aww. She's yes. giant. What? So her paws just like pull up every everything. When that when is I'm... what I am combating right now. Mm -hmm. It's gotta have like 
roots. Yeah. When I was in, when I moved into this house, there's a, a corner of the yard. So it's like the driveway. And then there's like a concrete pad that goes back to where a picnic table and stuff is. And the one corner had just been completely degrassed by a dog, but it was just a triangle. So like the, the corner is here. And then like this much of it was, was without grass. It was perfect for me. I just cut up grass on the other half of that triangle and made a square to build my garden in. So I'm like, all right, this is, you did half the work for me, you stupid pooch. To the listeners of the podcast, Pete just held up his fingers to illustrate the corner like a real, of his lawn. A real, <laughs> he's doing a real L7 situation, right? <laughs> so um, I want to find an and stay out sign for my door. The, the, when Bender got kicked out and the door just said, and stay out, like that's, <laughs> that's, that's keep out going to the next level. It's just like, get the fuck away from here. And I'm, I'm all for it. Oh, that um, would be good uh, merch yeah. for the Slurm cast. Oh, we're, we're, that ship sailed so long ago. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, merch. You, you, you think we can monetize this shit? I mean, <laughs> well, we got to even. There's be still more a few careful. episodes left. We have to be even more careful because uh, Disney owns it now. Yeah, we got to oh, finish this podcast shit. before we get caught by Disney. Oh my God, Disney owns your past podcast now too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Does that mean we're eligible for their health benefits and free trips to Disneyland or something? Or are we just criminal criminals? Oh well, yeah, we're just. Criminals. I don't think we're employees. <laughs> Damn it. Um. I, I, I like, so Silicon Red was seemingly uh, forgiving of Bender for being a total dick to him. He's just like, you just don't go to prison because that's my stick. But like, um, the, the, the Bender's like most on brand thing that he said in this was like, how can I fail at everything and I try and still be so great? Like there's, <laughs> there's oddly enough, now that I think of it, there's there's been some... Uh, some uproar within the Cleveland maker and market community over the last couple of days over someone that's exactly the same. <laughs> that's good. We, we won't name any names, but boy, you find a way to monetize teaching white people how not to be racist. And that's, uh, if you're a white person, that's horribly disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about it because in case I want to start marketing it. Yeah. Oh no, I, I absolutely get it, but boy, it's been fun to watch. Boy. Yeah. When, I mean, when you, there's a, you could teach her, you could teach people how to uh, make their dog not racist. <laughs> I, I do. That is actually a big part of my job. Oh, I get it. Cause then it gets like super weird because it's like, so do you have, do you have any black friends or anything like that? <laughs> and when the answer is no, it'd be like, well, maybe let's open up our social circle a little bit. Yeah, I mean, what? Uh, not you know, not to pry too much, but what sort of descent does your your mail deliverer seem to have uh, going on? <laughs> um, or something, they won't even say anything. I'll be like walking the dog and then I'll be like, there's something you guys didn't tell me. <laughs> I've, 
this dog has let me see inside your soul. <laughs> did you get did you get this from a dog rescue in Idaho? What's going on? <laughs> um I this this led into like Bender being upset about not being able to be authentic. You know, I, he never picked cotton or bit on top of old Smokey or worked on anything all the live long day. I mean, whatever, but that leading into the Zoidberg line of him giving Bender advice and saying, then live, live among the railroad men, why not? You'll come to understand them just as I have come to understand the ape men of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, that's really, if I could just get 22 minutes of that, just 22 minutes of Zoidberg like, did they ever do an episode where Zoidberg was like an advice columnist or a talk radio host? No. Because that would be <laughs> fucking fantastic. Billy Billy West should do that. Like, that should just be something he puts on the internet for free because not he doesn't have anything better to do with his time or or anything. He has one. Just, Zoidberg has one more uh, story where he's the main character. Wonderful. Then there's it's I, such I a good it. one. I love that one. Like two or three with Bender and a couple of them with Fry, the Leela one. So have any of you guys ever gone train hopping? No, because it's not 1895. <laughs> also, we're on a train like they've gone by. You've seen them. There's no way to hop on there. <laughs> when they're the, the, when they're the fast until r- someone is on the train tracks and they have to hit them. Mm-hmm. I, look, th- there's a whole community of like crust punk train hobos out oh, there. They're the worst still? people, though. And they, I'm sure, know. I'm sure still. But in the in the 90s, certainly, because they all used to congregate down the street from where I lived, and then one of them would turn tricks on the roof that sort of jutted out from the back of my apartment building. Which, you know, not to shame sex work or anything, but what, it's like I don't need I don't tricks? need to see it. Juggling? Oh. Um there, there, I mean there was some some plum juggling involved, I'm sure. You know? It, it was it, but I just I don't, you know, get a room, so to speak. You know, I think that might have always been the case of hobos. Like that's pretty much always how they acted, but we just romanticized it for a long time. Yeah. Uh I feel like the Rusty Rail is a bar on like Denison heading into downtown. If it isn't, it should be. But that place yeah, that he goes in to find for, the work, like is that for people that are in Cleveland, just imagine a really shitty bar as it goes outside of decent town. Well, I, you know, that's that's layering some judgment on things. Just getting into a rundown part of town that hasn't been gentrified uh where where people are getting pushed but i I guess i mean like the sort of place where the ugly broad is because that that is an actual bar on denison (laughs) um you know know, there's one by me called the game day tavern which i think is what you're describing it's it's real rough looking it opens up at 4 a.m it serves like beer and egg specials which is what Pat's in the Flats used to be. And that was another bar and that would do shows. But it was like down down by all of the factories and refineries by the river. So that's where guys would go and either come and off work to get drunk or to go in before they got work, go to yeah, work. Yeah, that's a better de- description of that. Would be like going from like a 
place that has a bunch of houses down to like an area that is just industrial. That bar. That would be a rusty um, rail. Passing the flats, I, mean, I think passing the flats would be good. A rusty. I mean, rail. it's 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 for if sale. It was on the, if it was on the uh, railroad. Well, it, it is down in the flats. And it's also on the river by the boat. So you could be a boat hobo. Is that, is that a thing? It should Bobo. be. Bobo. <laughs> I mean, I, mean it, I don't think you're hopping on boats to go place. You're hopping on one boat to get from one place to another place. You're yeah. stowaway. That's well, right. I mean, it's it's a different term. It sounds boat, a little more fancy. Hobo. There's no boat but hobo. But there should be. A stowaway is a boat hobo. I guess. All right. Well, we'll, we'll tagline. We'll consult the OED and make sure that shows up in there. Um, I've never gotten drunk and eaten anyone's big toe, much less my own. Have you eaten anyone's appendages while drunk? Or no. digits? <laughs> chicken fingers. That counts. I mean, although I don't think chicken have fingers. I mean, they have the they have the claws on their. Yeah. I've eaten those. It still counts. But those, I mean, those are chicken feet or not chicken fingers. They, but they sell chicken fingers in the grocery store. So how, how do they get them? What are because they? they're genetically grown. There's no they, they're chickens without heads and giant breasts and just, giant just fingers. buffalo wings and weird fingers. <laughs> yeah, they're they, nightmare creatures. They have they have eight <laughs> wings, eight wings, and each has four seventeen pound breasts and no head. And they only appear when you're not looking directly at them. Right. That might be where the drinking comes in. <laughs> um, I, I guess, why? so why was Planet Express delivering dynamite to the railroad camp? Why wouldn't they? Mm -hmm. uh, for I, plot development, Pete. <laughs> uh, I, but yeah, I mean, it just, it seems like dynamite is thoroughly antiquated for this, the, the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, taking a spaceship to a railroad camp is kind of stupid. <laughs> but, but, but even the trains are running on light beams through prisms. You know, there was some change there. They were space trains, man. But like, I mean, oh, that, we're just... that is one of the th greatest things that it is throughout Futurama through the entire series is how they mix the future with like old, oldie times. Almost. Like Back mm -hmm. to the Future? Or back and to the you future know what? three. I can see taking a thousand years and still not finding anything better than dynamite. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any real experience with it. So I'm I'm curious. You can landscape with it, you can fish with it. <laughs> what can't you do? I get you know what? Did did they actually pass the thing saying that you could use commercial fireworks as a just you know average Joe in Ohio now? That, that, as far as I understand, I heard about that. that so is this is what occurred to me last night. In the current climate that we're living in, where people are afraid of violence and protests and riots, we just made it legal to get your hands on all kinds of fucking gunpowder surreptitiously. Yeah. That seems real dumb. I mean, it also. If, okay, here's my thing about that. I'm going to get real serious right now. Yeah. If you're going to do something with all that gunpowder that comes from fireworks, 
you probably already want to do something that you're going to find a way to get that gunpowder to do something to it. The rest of the people are probably just going to blow off fireworks and probably blow off appendages, and then a bunch of people are going to have to go to the hospital. That's probably what's going to happen. Like my fucking neighbors on the other side of my back fence that do the shit every goddamn night. Yeah. God. Poor Everyone's got that neighbor. Fireworks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but so do so do rich people. That's what's going to happen. Is you're going to go out to Avon Lake on the Fourth of July, and it's going to be like a fucking insane thing. With you know, they used to do the Christmas lights to one up each other, and now it's going to turn into the fireworks displays. I don't, I don't necessarily also don't think that because they're not. You can't open a fireworks store close you there that that wasn't in the bill like you can just go and bring them to ohio and use them tom, tom have you ever driven on an interstate <laughs> oh no 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 i'm saying that but i i don't think people now that they're legal are going to make i, I don't know maybe maybe they'll make a trip out there like, like i've like, gone out like and gone and gotten fireworks and brought them back and set them off uh but like people wouldn't drive to michigan to get legal weed right i mean (laughs) but (laughs) i'm just saying fireworks are the least you can't really enjoy fireworks on the ride back though if if they were gonna do it they already would have done it because it wasn't that hard before now it's just legal all you had to do was write a state that they were legal on a form and then yeah. you could take them, and they were fine. Right. Well, right. I mean, and you'd get you'd get Phantom so, Fireworks coupons in the fucking dollar saver. And and yeah. at the fireworks store, they're like, buy buy two, get six free. This is this is all Chinese gunpowder. It's not worth anything. Still, still knock your finger off though. Um, my favorite part of a lot of songs is when they end. Mm-hmm. That was that was a good thing. But the the part where Fry is listening to Bender's song and then says, "You've accurately portrayed the nature of my grievance." Was, yeah, was I love that part. Yeah, I mean, like that's I I had this thing happen last year, the last year, a few months ago, when my band put out our, our record, and I'm in the midst of like a fortunately cooling off and getting calmer divorce. My ex-wife flipped out yelling about how I'm putting songs out that are all about her. And I had to break it to her like, no, they're not. And it was it was a real bit like this. This ruined like two or three therapy sessions with each other because she, she just assumed like, oh, you're talking about this. I'm like, no, you're just projecting like I here's here's the big secret. When I write songs like I have been for the last 30 years, I just make shit up. Mm-hmm. And it, it it did not go over well. But like the fact that he's, I think this is the part where the story kind of like um, dovetailed into what it became. Like I I think the conceit at the end was really interesting. It was just like oh they could have done so much cooler shit with this aside from just introducing a bunch of paradoxes into the fucking thing. Um, like obviously Bender was gonna bang Jezebel and however robots bang when Big Red was off doing his thing. Oh no, Big Caboose. Big Caboose. Big Caboose. His name was Big Caboose. The whole shit that all the stuff that happens with all of this stuff 
that Bender sings about, and then you find out that it's because he was still connected to the 3D printer is kind of lame that that's the payoff of it. But then it gets hilarious when he thinks about the octopus attacking for Yeah. And then... Mm-hmm. It's like Watchmen. <laughs> of the Watchmen that wasn't in the Watchmen movie? The best part, you mean? Well, it was it was in the TV show, sort of. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, it was, you know, it's good. You should. I was I enjoyed... planning on it. I mean, everybody's got plans, Michelle. Um... <laughs> But okay, so tying back to Leela wanting to get hooted at back in the prison, she's like coming on super strong to fry over at his house or at his apartment when Big Caboose comes over to shoot Bender. But the thing that like totally distracted me and I was trying to figure out what it was is there was green slime hanging out of the vents in Fry's apartment. What the fuck was that? Well, it's the robot arms. So you think that supposedly robots that live there it could be any kind of oil or lubricant or robot juice or it could just be like slurm i don't know (laughs) maybe i don't know i like you know i i know that vents get nasty but still that seemed very gross to me i mean and i I live with a 10 year old and used to live with three cats like it's filth filth is my business so to speak not in a Larry Flint way, but in like an actual grime way. And seeing something like that, where it's just like, oh, there's just shit running out of the vents was like, it was really <laughs> distressing to me. Um, I have a cat behind me just meowing right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Mine is right next to me too. I, I mean, so the whole thing about Big Caboose driving a train into Bender's shack trying to kill him this is where it got stupidest for me mm-hmm. but then then bender taking the hand cart and and pumping it all the way back to earth yeah that was also dumb i mean it would have been good for a second to get away but taking that the whole way but the but the one line that came in after that and i, I think this was the exchange between bender and fry where one of them's like it's 3 a.m and the other one goes, I don't care if it's 3 BM. <laughs> when I when I grew up, my mom and a bunch of my aunts were nurses. So anytime you had to take a dump, it was he's got to make a BM. Yeah. So like I that was almost comfort food for me. Um, but but Fry holding his boundary and not letting him in, that was that was surprising for Fry as well. Like he, he all of a sudden found this backbone. But um you know, he wasn't even answering his cell phone telephone. Because it wasn't Fry. It was a 3D printed duplicate of Fry. Oh, see, that's that's just, this is where it gets all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, we, we, we're seeing that Bender's lyrics are coming true and he's manifesting what's actually happening because of that. But like, this whole switcheroo just gets dumb because it's all you know now you've got big big caboose was a figment of his imagination jezebel was a figment of his imagination fake bender was a figment of his imagination fake fry was a figment of his imagination does that mean that fake fry was the one that leela was trying to bang earlier and if so where was fry well because real fry and real leela were with the professor trying to reach bender on his cell phone telephone 
So where was um, where was Le was there a fake Leela too? Must have been. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, this the end is so lazy, and the joke is that writing a lazy ending to a song. That's why I think yeah. this this episode is like a whole tongue in cheek of itself. I get. I guess it's I get not. That. It's not very good. They could have done it better, but I think I get what they were trying to do really like analyzing the, the episode, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, just, you know, it's not that they haven't introduced paradoxes before or anything. It's just like, just, just get it over with already. You know, they crushed him flatter than a MacBook air. I mean, Mac, <laughs> MacBook, than a MacBook air, Lord, Lord. Ma MacBook Airs aren't even that flat anymore. My girlfriend just got a new one, and it's actually thicker than the one she just traded in. Yeah, um, my, my uh, Dell computer laptop is, like, thinner than Mac the Mac Airs now. I know. It's whatever. I mean, we're, we're in the home stretch on this thing because it just it was not an episode I enjoyed. You know, it's just it's it happens to a lot of shows like or a lot of jokes or like anything like that. All the jokes become like references to something else. And like Futurama's always like reference heavy. But yeah. like like the sawhorse like railroad thing, nobody's yeah. ever seen that in real life. You've only seen that because you're you're a nerd and watched a million cartoons. Yeah. And, like, and I'm old too. Yeah. <laughs> So, I, yeah you know but like yeah like a 19 year old would have no idea what those things are like that there's like a sawhorse real thing they could probably figure it out but yeah i i mean just and then the the fact that bender's clone was created with a fatal flaw that was artistic integrity i mean <laughs> who fucking who that was just kind of yeah. dumb and then the rap was the worst part of it Oh yep, yeah, were that's they, what they... I was gonna say. That was the worst fucking part of this whole episode. It was awful and bad and stupid. That and had... I understand that that was the point, but yeah, Ugh. just just it was it was one notch up from I'm rapping Granny and I'm here to say I like mm -hmm. to rap in a major. Way. Like, you know, it was like really like this is some tired ass shit. Whereas at least on something like Silicon Valley, when, when they did the joke on the first season about the mathematical paper, about how, how long it would take to like stroke off a room full of nerds. Like Mike Judge actually paid- Yeah, uh, Silicon Valley, yeah, that's ma so good. <laughs> mathematicians to do like write an academic paper on that subject. This was just like, yeah, fuck it. And actually the, the, the Rodriguez and Red rap show very reminiscent of Kid Rock. So I think that just all goes back to the thesis we came up with earlier in the episode. That everything is Kid every, Rock's fault. Everything bad ever, Kid Rock's fault. I'll I'll stand by those words. Oh. He needs to be looked at. I'd rather not. I mean, I'm sure it's got warts and weird sores on it. <laughs> at, the, at the very least. You know, yeah. um, but God damn it, we made it through another one. Mm. <laughs> uh -huh. You're in the home stretch, guys. Congratulations. Uh, we're going to get over <laughs> that finish line. So what um, what all have you had going on besides uh, building a 
fire pit and and generating a new lawn and uh whatever tim i mean quarantine aside uh you're, you're... Uh, uh dog uh you know the dog business is uh going well i'm doing uh you know i i I started doing dog stuff uh, at a good time. I, I got a foothold in it right before live entertainment collapsed. So, <laughs> there think, you go. and then, every, then everybody God bought I gave puppies. Myself another option. Everybody bought puppies then because they figured I'm going to be home for a while. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I literally. So it works for me. Um, just today, I came from a dog from a quarantine dog who was like who just was not about me like they're like oh i want to bite this guy's face off because like <laughs> they've they've been in a insulated protected zone for the past like four months and then, then you show up looking <laughs> like a yeti and yeah like a, and i can smell that great pyrenees on you this is a threat oh yeah i was i was a challenge to that dog and he's like rah, 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 like really like tried to get a piece of me i i mean I, i've been there I don't like it. I, I used to have a dog that would bite women. He would only bite women. Oh. And uh, and when I was trying to date, it was very inconvenient. But yeah, uh what's named Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was Marv Albert. Um, <laughs> but I, I had gotten him from a rescue, and I, I mean I assume he had been horribly abused by a woman because he would just like whatever the situation would, if it was a female would jump up and try and bite their face. And, and then, then I was in a situation where I was with a woman who was having a, a baby who was a girl. And I'm like, well, I can't have this around and that's heartbreaking, but you know, say la vie. Um, yeah. Well, so how, how can people find your dog training stuff? Uh, lifecoachfordogs.com. I just uh, started a Northeast Ohio dog podcast uh, to just talk uh, with dog. It's it's really deep pool dog stuff. So yeah. uh, you gotta, you gotta, it's actually, we go episode by episode of the dog whisperer and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on episode three, but I think there's about 17 years to get through, so <laughs> we should be okay for a while. And then, uh, no, it's Dog Walker's Companion. Uh, you can look at it on my website. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. We just talk with Cleveland uh, dog business owners. And, and what's and that website again? Lifecoachfordogs.com. Okay. Spelled out. Awesome. Yeah, if you need, uh, uh, if I'm 25% off at least through August. That's my, that's my special. Until the world regains some sort of sense, I am offering a discount on dog training. How how do you feel about puppy play? Oh oh. <laughs> I mean, are are you available for for different <laughs> different? Okay, I was about to say I love puppy play. Of course, like puppies got to play with each other. That's how that's how they know. Like, and I know a lot of people say don't let puppies play to each other because of diseases, but I was thinking more in the Dan Savage sense of things. Just, just throwing it out there. It might be another way to, you know, uh, 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 you know, nowadays in the gig economy, you need to diversify your income streams. I mean, uh, that's true, and comedy is no longer an option. So 
I mean, when when places kind of open back up, are you game for getting back out there, or is this this really taking up most of your time now? No, I'm game for um, for getting back out there. Um, it's good for me, and honestly, I've I, I've uh, I've been writing. I am the type of comedian that uh, that, that the apocalypse really really gets the gears going. <laughs> so so I've got a bunch of new material that I'm just kind of sitting on that I that I want to get out there. Well, hopefully we can all see that sometime soon then. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope so too. Um, Zoom comedy is awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of people I really enjoy that are doing shows and I just can't bring myself to do it. It just like, I, I spend most of my day at work on Zoom. And, and again, adding, adding to the chore that, that watching Futurama for this podcast <laughs> become already now having that other day it's like oh fuck i got i was on a conference call for eight hours today and like oh i get to do another one i can drink during this one i guess it's a little better but it's it's not the same if you're not getting that that feedback directly from the audience like what are they doing like doing clap hands in the chat or something yeah they'll make uh there there is nothing you're just kind of like you're you're yeah you just kind of perform to nobody and like with comedy, that's really awful because you're like, you're going on for a minute and then you're like, here's my joke. Ah! <laughs> and then you're like quiet in the place where you expect laughter. And the only thing you're really seeing is you expecting laughter, which is the worst thing. I mean, that sounds like being in a punk band for 30 years. Not that I know anything about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you again for coming on. I'm, like, we're glad that you were able to get in here under the wire with the last season because it's 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 gonna end and and maybe there'll be some dynamite involved in that last episode what do you think oh yeah yeah oh yeah you guys should totally blow something up Fireworks. or get into a huge fight and never talk to each other again that's like I mean, use the use the last episode to really air some grievances i mean you say that like it hasn't happened before it's <laughs> 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 all right guys yeah good luck and uh good job making it all the way and thanks for having me Thank thanks you. for coming on Thank you. uh right, so bye. we got we got slurmcast.com with all the episodes we have uh slurmcastpod at gmail.com to email us 216-438-1077 to call or text us uh anything other than a junk mail call for mail erection pills or <laughs> refinancing your mortgage we welcome on that phone number um slurmcast on facebook slurmcast pod on instagram and twitter and uh go ahead and if you're still listening to this rate and review us on itunes always love to see it uh even if it's bad at least you're paying attention so have a great week or however long it is before we come at you again folks thanks for listening Bye-bye. bye bye bye